You are listening to Ouija Broads. This is Devin. This is Liz. I just have to say first, I get serotonin just from that intro. When we do the intro, yeah. my brain clicks into a mode where it's like, good things are happening. It's, it's, it's happy so times now. And it's I so funny because it. it's happened the last few very noticeably. <laughs> that, yeah. um, you know, we yeah. warm up and we come into it with the energy of it's the end of the day and life is strained. And then this is Liz and I'm like, woo, we're on. It's uh-huh. happening. I'm <laughs> into it. <laughs> There's something about the clay. You know how much I love the slate. You know, for whatever reason, I love the slate. But it definitely, it's a ritual thing, I think. Mm-hmm. I like the ritual of it. And I definitely notice I go right into secretary voice. This is Devin. Secretary voice. Oh, secretary is right, baby. <laughs> the only thing it won't take is a minute. <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. You know, not bad. sexual, but confusing, like all the best innuendos. <laughs> everything about me sexual and confusing (laughs) that was your nickname in high school (laughs) (laughs) why did everyone think we were gay for each other in high school again it's probably all the flowers we sent each other every day day. did did you all know that i worked in the campus florist Mm -hmm. shop and got a really hella good discount. So guess who got flowers and balloons all the fucking time? My best friend. <laughs> Devin's love language is all of them. Oh my god, it's all of them. Somebody asked me that, and I have definitely said before all of them. That's no. that, yep, yep. I don't really like acts of service so much because I'm kind of lazy, but <laughs> I'll do it if that's what the other person wants. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, tell me a story. I'm going to tell you a story about America's final frontier. The state voted most likely to gonna get you. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about Alaska. And specifically, I'm going to tell you about Alaska's foray into the domestication of the largest of the deer species, the moose. (gasps) So, Um, wow. For a second, I was like, we've done the reindeer thing, Devin. (laughs) I didn't know they came bigger than that. They do come bigger than that. I love moose. I love looking at them because they're prehistoric. Have you ever seen like the videos of one running next to a car? And you're like, that's a motherfucking hair dinosaur. What am I looking at here? That thing that's a peanut with a bunch of broken toothpicks just throwing it through the air 12 feet off the ground. What kind of creature did God forget? And then thousands of years later, we have a moose. I want to introduce, I want to introduce you to every animal on the earth and then just let you read them to fill for me. It's so fucking funny. Fucking toothpicks on God's greener. Prehistoric hold over, dude. 
it's my old art buddy, Mark, who sent me a bunch of pictures and was like, you should do a story on this. And I'm like, OK, 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 I, I get I get a lot of story ideas from people and I want to do them all, but I can't do them all. Mm-hmm. And then I found the headline from November 1909. The Seattle Daily Times said Moose will go on vaudeville stage. <gasps> Whether you was, like it or not. Oh, I was hooked. Dude, I was hooked. Stop so, digging. You stop digging. Yeah, we're just, yeah. <laughs> Pater, we're there. And so what, what else do you know about moose, though, before we talk about three specific moose from Alaska's kind of gold rush heyday? Do you want to know some moose facts? Or do you want to tell me some moose facts? I just want to <laughs> think about how good that headline is. Can you give it to me again? Moose will go on vaudeville stage? Moose will go on vaudeville stage. That's so Good. That's right. Okay. I feel bad about this one. So I looked into it and the story is sad, but it was in my (laughs) original Manitou research way, way back when we met Raleigh. And there was this clipping in probably, I don't know, the Chronicle that Mm -hmm. was, that just said, here's, here's the entire headline. Lunatic maybe corpse. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. The new, like, for sale baby shoes never worn. Like, yes, there's so much world building. There is. Lunatic, maybe, corpse. Yep. Whoa. How come yep. you don't know? How come you know that they're a lunatic, but you don't know whether they're alive? Or do exactly. you have a corpse and you're trying to figure out which person it is? Which what kind of mystery are we solving here? I've got so many questions. Did you ever find the answer? The answer is that there was somebody having a very rough time, and I think it was a matter of they had a body and they had a disappearance, and they were in the process of putting it together. Mm-hmm. But just, I think the the steps that are skipped there just drops everything into your brain like steel girders on a <gasps> railroad track. You're like, uh-huh. lunatic, bam, sold, may, yeah. ooh, b, yeah. what now? A corpse. <laughs> ah. <laughs> It does. It activates lots, lots of parts of your brain, you know? Yeah, yeah. A little something for everybody there. Okay, but yeah, tell me Moose facts. Moose will go on the vaudeville stage. Moose will go on the vaudeville stage. And it would have to be a big stage, because I tell you what. Oh, well, one thing I wanted to say was that Moose, so it's a species, but then there's subspecies. And there's three subspecies of Moose that are found in North America. The Alaskan Mm. Moose. Mm -hmm. is the one we're mostly talking about. It's found in Alaska and the Yukon, and it is the biggest of all moose. That's how they do in Alaska. How they fucking do it in Alaska. The Alaskan bull moose, so bull is male, can be over six foot nine at the shoulder. Shoulder. So that's like Sean Mallon, who we went to high school with, Uh was like six nine, right? Yep. And he was one of those people where you're like, you feel bad that all your brain can do when you see them is go tall, 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 real tall. You're like, shit, I want to like interact with you as a human, but you're just like, you're breaking the computer that runs my brain right now. Yep. And yep, it would his head would be at the shoulder. Of the moose. The shoulder. You still got a big old beefy neck and a giant fucking Mr. Planner peanut face going mm-hmm. on. Plus, that's the bull moose. So it's got the palmiate. Palmiate? Pa- not palmier. That's a type of cookie. <laughs> but it's got the, the palm style yeah. antlers. Yeah, These not are, just little stabby fingers. No, 
Nope, not little stabby fingers. These are the big fatty catcher's mitts. Mm-hmm. The males can weigh up to 1,400 pounds. That's a big boy. And apparently, so I just told you that bull moose are usually about six foot nine at the shoulder. Mm-hmm. The largest confirmed size for this species was a bull shot on the Yukon River in September 1897. And he was seven foot six at the shoulder. Oh my God. Oh my God. He so, weighed okay. 1,800 pounds. I mean, this, yeah, <sighs> I can't. It's a dinosaur. Yeah. So I'm looking right now. I'm I'm five ten, five nine. Mm-hmm. If people are wrong, and <laughs> sometimes people have been wrong. But so, yes. I'm looking at like door frames, right? So door frames are what, like six foot six yeah. or so. Yeah. And you think about okay, so the ceiling. As I'm sitting here on the floor, the ceiling of the room I'm in would be where the shoulder of this thing was, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. its head would be up in the attic. That mm-hmm. is a goddamn megatherium. That is a <laughs> land of the lost journey to the center of the earth. Bullshit. Goddamn God megatherium. You sound like you sound like Everett in the out there. Well, that's a goddamn megatherium. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been thinking about sloth. It was an elephant-sized ground sloth. I'm thinking about it. it. Titanoboa had her great debut at the Art Walk, and that's 42 feet. And I think up to 2,200 pounds, if I recall correctly, which is comparable to an adult hippopotamus. So this, like many creatures, spent a lot of time in the water, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's... Nice when you've got a body that's just a chungus. It's just a lot. It's a lot of meat to move. It's a unit, man. It's a unit. Yeah, this was an absolute unit moose. That's amazing. Why did they kill it with a cannon? Whoever had the balls to run up on that moose and be like, oh, it had to have been like two Teddy Roosevelt's taped together to form one giant Teddy Roosevelt, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who else would have done that? Maybe right, right on top, but I thought side by side, there's two of them. Like, they thought Beeble Brock's going, bully, bully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is our energy tonight, by the way? <laughs> It's about moose. Our story is about... This is not the episode for people who are like, they spend too much time being silly and not getting to the actual facts. Like, what facts? I'm talking about people who domesticated moose. This is, this is all personal interest story tonight, guys. Um, one thing I didn't know about moose was that they can seal their nasal cavities shut while browsing aquatic forage. Oh, that, that's a good trick. It made me really upset. I don't like thinking about that. Like, have you ever pinched your nose shut and then inhaled so that you can, like, keep your nose shut? I'm trying to do it right now and it's not going to translate. But have you ever done that where you seal your own nasal cat? Like, thinking about a moose being able to do that is just gross. Well, but it's not suction, though. It's like the it just has better muscle control. So it'd be like closing your mouth when you stuck your face underwater. 
Hmm. It wouldn't be like pressure, I don't think. No, I've decided it's suction. Now I'm flaring my nostrils. I can do that, but I wanted to see if I could close them in, and I can't. Hey, everybody, you can see your nose right now. Stop it. Stop (laughs) it! I have to look at the goddamn notes I'm reading! What is your damage? Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, well, let's get to the story here. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about how these giant megalolithic or whatever five dollar word you tossed my way is these these chunguses let's talk about three specific chunguses because i did not know that moose could be kind of domesticated i was surprised by the amount of domesticated moose stories i found and also let me tell y'all ain't nothing happening in alaska between like 1895 and 1910 other than the gold rush, which they apparently never wrote about in the papers because they were too busy writing about people's fucking pet mooses. (laughs) That was the real story. I have so many articles, thanks to newspapers.com, about people's goddamn pet mooses. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) patrons. Thanks, patrons. I appreciate you allowing me to have a newspapers.com account so I can bring you this. Okay, well, the moose, the moose, plural, who were set to go on the vaudeville stage, two moose were set to go on the vaudeville stage. They belong to a Spokane man turned Alaska mail carrier named Jack Carr. There's nothing more powerful than a Spokane man turned Alaska man. Every time (laughs) it's like somebody's dead in a kayak 40 feet up a tree or the king of an island. It's like it's some real Florida man squared energy. It's totally squared, isn't it? Oh, man. And Jack Carr, he was not dead in his kayak up in a tree. Jack Carr was a king. He was he was so famous before his moose. He was a mailman who people said was a hero. He was delivering mail by dog sled across Alaska and the Yukon, down to Seattle in the 1890s. Dang. I think it's hard to imagine how important mail was. It was, When we didn't have any of the other stuff, you know? Where you're like, that could be the only piece of information you would get about what had happened to your family member. Uh Or the letter of credit that you needed or anything. Uh I mean, it it was the only way you got, he was the one who brought the news of the gold rush down to Seattle. You know, it was the way important news got transferred. It was in 1897 where he brought the news to Seattle that gold had been found in Alaska and effectively started the gold rush. Dang. Absolutely adhered to that whole like rain, sleet, snow, hail, whatever Mm -hmm. that mail carriers do. Because like I said, he delivered in Alaska and across the Yukon for years. The news loved him like he was a darling, except for this one little kind of blip on his record that has nothing to do with moose, but I thought was really interesting. So I wanted to tell you about anyway. Okay. Also, because the place we're talking about is a fort called Fort Get There. Nice. (laughs) I love it. And Fort Get There was this little Alaskan like trading post that had a journal like a log book that people would contribute to as they came through this trading post on their way from somewhere to somewhere else that's cute it was really sweet it was called the aurora borealis and there were regular contributors regular guys writing and so it was kind of 
like gossip rag slash the onion of mm-hmm. in jokes slash so, Facebook slash Facebook. Yeah. So you can see where we're going. If I'm already telling you, it's kind of like the onion, perhaps. Uh, oh, in it. So I guess in 1898, there was this hot air balloonist who was trying to balloon to the North Pole. And in one of the articles of the Aurora Borealis, one of the contributors wrote that the balloonist stopped and talked with Carr. It was a it was apparently supposed to be like a big in joke with them, you know, people who knew Carr and that he carried the mail. And, you know, Mm. this balloonist was kind of, you know, considered out there for wanting to take a hot air balloon to the North Pole. But someone passing through didn't get the joke and instead repeated the joke, thinking it was gospel, to some reporters. So then this joke ended up getting wired around the world about how the balloonist had made it as far as where Jack Carr was in Alaska. Oh, no. And now you've got reporters from New York and from London and from San Francisco and these other like big deal news outlets spending hundreds of dollars on telegrams <sighs> to Carr trying to get an interview with him. <laughs> and Carr is just telling them basically like no comment, thinking that that'll get him to stop. And instead it makes them rabid for news. If he says no comment, there must be a story. <laughs> so it ends up getting printed in a newspaper, the headline for the April 18th, 1898 Seattle Post Intelligencer says Jack Carr's Andre fake. Andre is the name of the balloonist. And it's it's not really fair to say Jack Carr faked it. He didn't even write yeah. the story. He just yeah. wasn't wasn't the one that said, no, you guys are idiots. But he and his buddies in Alaska apparently thought it was hilarious that their tiny little gossip rag had <laughs> somehow made it around the world. And That'd that's be pretty really, good, yeah. It'd be pretty good, right? That's really the only negative press I could find about him. Oh. When he retired in 1906, Jack and his wife came down to Seattle. But Jack didn't stay retired long. He didn't stay in Seattle long. And they made their way back up in 1908 or 1909, depending on which newspaper article you're looking at. They made their way back up to Alaska. And this time, the papers reported that he brought with him two baby moose. Aww. They were, well, there again, the story of the moose, how he came to be in possession of these two moose. There's two, two different stories. Um. A 1910 article said that he bought them for $200 each from some Slavic hunters and reared them on condensed milk and oatmeal. Another story says that he himself captured them outside of Circle City when they were six days old. Circle City's up in Alaska. But the point Uh, is... Okay. I mean, neither of those explain where they came from. Neither Mm -mm. of those explain, Mm -hmm. like... And they were existing in a formless void, and either I scooped them up or someone else did. What happened to the mother? How do you know how old they are? Was she delicious? (laughs) That's all. Yeah, it's kind of like the Indian in the cupboard, right? It's just, no, you are now toys for me to play with, and I don't care where Mm -hmm. you came from or what you were doing before I spotted you. You're now mine. 
no, I'm all alert to this ever since watching Tiger King. This is a uh. cub petting operation, but for moose. And I worry about the adults because it's got to be hard to feed an adult moose. It's got to be hard to feed an adult moose. He did not have the mother with him, my friend. So we can assume that it was a Bambi situation. Mm-hmm. So he has the two moose, these two baby moose, and he names them Bill and Helen after Thank President God. names. Okay. Names, yeah. Named them Bill and Helen after <laughs> uh, President William Taft and his daughter. I, I don't okay. know if this was a compliment or not. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I love animals with plain human names, yeah, though. I know you do. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I don't it's get so it. It's so funny when somebody is, like, trying to get a dumbass chihuahua to stop being a dumbass chihuahua, and they're like, Jeffrey! <laughs> I just never understand. You being like, Abby, get in here. Abby, quit licking your butt. I'm like, well, who are you talking to? That can't be a cat. Cats aren't named Abby. So we've got Bill and Helen up in Seattle, and Jack Carr decides, no, actually, I want to bring, I want to come back to Seattle, and I'm going to bring the moose. So he brings them by steamship and train back down to Seattle. I guess down to Seattle for the first time for them, back down to Seattle for him. And he's got some property. (laughs) The moose and the Alaska and the Seattle of it all. <laughs> I maybe rehome them. No. I think you'd be within your rights. I think people would understand. No. I don't think no. anybody would give you a hard time because no. they probably grow pretty fast. Liz, he is training them for the vaudeville stage. You don't just give show moose to anyone. They are a breed apart. He had to bring them by steamship and train back to his property in Seattle. So he could train them. You want to know what he first trained them to do? The soft shoe. Oh, good Lord. Stand on their hind legs. Oh, no. They got even taller, Liz. Oh, no. They got even taller. There's amazing 1900s sepia tone photos of this, this not short man standing on a giant tree stump between two moose on their hind legs who are much taller than he is. How is that not one of the photos you sent me? I sent you plenty. Calm down. It's too plenty? No, I, we had to start talking. I needed yeah. my phone. I'll send you more. Okay. So then he taught he taught them how to accept a harness um, and pull a sulky, which is apparently a light two wheeled carriage, as opposed to the expression most often seen on your daughter's face. <laughs> That's my girl. <clears throat> he is the one where in 1909, the Seattle Times headline says Moose will go on vaudeville stage. And the article talks about how, you know, he's, he's training them. He's planning to make them part of a show. But unfortunately, that is where Bill and Helen leave the newspaper. I cannot (gasps) find anything on Bill and Helen after that. I can find articles re-reporting the same vaudeville plan, but I don't see any evidence that Bill and Helen actually made it to vaudeville. What if they did and it went that bad and everybody agreed never to speak of it? I don't think people agree to that. I think they they say the bad things more than the good things. That's true. I I would have invented film just to make a movie about the time the moose went on the vaudeville stage and it went horribly wrong. Yeah, you would have. Does it make you feel any better if I can tell you a story about a moose who did go on stage? 
yes, let's get the next best thing. Let's say we think it well, let's get a a reenactor in here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's get somebody yeah. who's like equity and they're not going to have any lines. Yeah. And let's yeah. have this moose demonstrate what it would have looked like. Yeah. Carnation is the moose's Carnation, name. Carnation, that's a good Car- name. It's so good. Carnation is, I mean, like the OG. Carnation was before Bill and Helen. This was the moose that belonged to J. Bernard Moore, a.k.a. Ben Moore, whose father, William Captain Moore, was the first... Sorry, his middle name is Captain? No. Nope, he's not a dog. I just said that out of order. (laughs) (laughs) What What were you supposed to say? Captain William Moore. (laughs) I mean, that's obvious. Come on now. What do you mean? What was I supposed to say? Obviously, the title was going to go in the beginning. Well, no, maybe it was like Captain was his nickname. So it'd be like William, quote, Captain, end quote, Moore. (laughs) Nope. Then nope. people give themselves weird nicknames. I don't know. You couldn't have given me the benefit of the doubt and let me just keep rolling with it. You had to call me out. And doubt then... benefits no one, Devin. Keep talking. <laughs> William, <laughs> William Captain. No, fuck. Captain William Moore. <laughs> <laughs> My notes are accurate. What's happening? <laughs> so Captain Moore was the white dude who founded... Skagway. I mean, and of course he didn't found it. I mean, it had been used by uh, the Tlingit and the Chilkuts and the Chilkats for centuries for hunting and fishing, but he was the white founder of Skagway, Alaska. That's right, yeah. And Ben and his dad, Captain, predicted the gold rush, um, I guess. They, when gold was found, they were like, wow, Skagway right here is going to be a hot spot for people coming through. So they bought up a bunch of property and then started a bunch of industry so that there would be stores and groceries and things like that. So that's how they made their fortune. In some Soapy Smith research, this this came up. Yes, this is the town that Soapy Smith uh, ruled until he absolutely did not. Indeed. So the Moors have some money, and that could be why. When in 1899 and Ben Moore is down here in Seattle hanging out, he buys a young bull moose off a miner who had brought it with him back from Alaska. How many people were just confident that this was going to work out? Like, oh, like everybody. I can't, you can't even take a dog on a plane. No, no, but you could apparently just like, whoop, this is my carry-on. It's my baby mm-hmm. moose. I promise it's not going to shit all over everything, Captain yeah, of the Steamship. Entire baby moose. It's, you know, the size of a horse, an adult horse. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Just put it with the livestock. Put it with the other moose. I'm sure they'll get along famously. Yeah. Oh, every third person has a moose on this ship. Oh, Everyone man. will have them in the future. Buy one moose, get one free. They're just giving them away up in Alaska. Apparently. I don't know why, but Ben didn't just balls out, take his moose back to Alaska on the train or steamship like so many other people were apparently chill doing. Yeah, he, just buy him a ticket. Just buy him a, Yeah, why not? Here's your seat, 12D. <laughs> and you're a moose. I like thinking about it sitting there with his dumb little knees crossed. Yep. 
I don't have any further information on this snippet for you, but every article I read on this made a point of saying that Ben took the moose back with him in secret. Oh, you knew I had more questions about that, though. What in the Bugs Bunny putting some bloomers and a straw hat with a flower on a horse is happening? Did you? This is like in the Scooby-Doo live-action movie when Scooby-Doo flies on the airplane dressed as a lady and they put lipstick on his big CGI dumb dog mouth like that helps the illusion somehow. That's a whole-ass dog. A sentient talking dog. Either he's human enough to have his own ticket or there's no way he's passing for human. What is happening? What is the moose in secret? What secret moose? Bullshit. (laughs) Oh my god. I don't know, buddy. I'd like to think that's exactly how it happened. I'd like to think. The lipstick came out, the hat went mm-hmm. on, he had some old timey sunglasses, and yep, there you go. the little pons nezes, and they just clipped him to the bridge of his peanut head, and mm-hmm. to town he went. To see here. Nothing to yep. see here. Wait, so did we miss the part where you explained what the moose actually did on the vaudeville stage? We haven't gotten there yet. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And I said stage, I didn't say vaudeville stage. Oh, okay. A moose that went on stage. A moose that went on stage. No one... There's no stage yet, because Ben takes some time in Skagway, again, in secret, to train his moose carnation to pull a cart with a harness. So they've Uh, gotten the moose up to horse level. We've gotten the moose up to horse level, and we managed to do it in secret. That part's pretty impressive. I guess they had some land. But People here, fucking mind their own business in Skagway. <laughs> they sure do. They sure do. Eyes ahead, man. Yeah. No, Carnation makes his big entree into the Alaskan news and public on March 23rd, 1890, when the Daily Morning Alaskan has quite possibly my favorite article of all time. It is long, and I'm going to read all of it to you because there's not a bit of it that isn't good. I, I'm here for it. Nobody's <sighs> mad that Rembrandt's Night Watch is big. <laughs> Nobody is mad that Guernica is the side of a building. It yeah. needs this. Okay, I'm so ready. This article is titled... His moose ship parades downtown. It starts, All idle eyes in the business center of the city yesterday afternoon were amused by the sight of a fine specimen of the monarch of the woods, a moose parading in the streets in harness and subservient to man. The moose is the property of Ben Moore of Skagway. It is and has for some time been kept in bondage but not yet allowed to gamble in Mr. Moore's yard. But not until the last few days has it been put in harness. Mr. Moore decided to train the animal to drive, and although the work requires patience, there is hope of success. The moose is 11 months old, as large as a pony, and with a head as big and ungainly as a barrel, 
and ears to make the largest and most unshapely government mule green with envy. I went back in time and wrote this article. You did? My (laughs) God, this has got you all over it. (laughs) As his moose ship strode in his ungainly gate down 6th Avenue yesterday afternoon, a horse that was tied to a post became badly frightened at the appearance of the stranger, and it was with difficulty the equine could be persuaded to remain at the post. Even then, the affrighted creature pawed restlessly and sniffed the air as though in mortal fear of its life. That was the most words ever to say scared a horse. <laughs> he spooked a pony. Yeah. <laughs> We're not done. He spooked some other things. I was going to say, it's not hard to spook a horse. <laughs> That's so fucking true. <laughs> Mr. Moore moved on unperturbed and not the least troubled as to the fear that he gave the horse. The child of the forest offered no violence to anyone, but several times it threw low its ugly head and rushed like a football player around the street and uncomfortably near to its onlookers. The picture fiends, that's what they call photographers back then, picture fiends. picture fiends. The picture fiends. Wow. (laughs) Wow. They were not absent while the moose <laughs> Oh, if only there were a faster way to say that. Yo, paparazzi here. Yeah, no, no, paparazzi not not here. <laughs> the picture fiends were not absent. They were not absent. While the moose passed from Broadway to Main Street, only a block, at least four cameras were leveled at him, and the takers congratulated themselves on getting shots at game that does not fall to the lot of many of the Kodak army. Oh my god, this person is like, hang on, hang on. Okay, first I gotta dunk on how moose look. Secondly, horses. Man, they're chicken shit. Horses, bullshit. Horses can't handle anything. You know who else can get fucked? People who take pictures. Everybody line up, I got enough. I got enough for everybody. We've got... Four more sentences, so everybody's getting some. Oh, boy. Horns have not yet appeared on the animal, but it has all the other striking characteristics of its kind, and Mr. Moore is picturing to himself what an elegant carriage animal he will have when it displays its great, broad antlers. The moose is a male calf. It was captured on Flat Creek, about 30 miles up the Klondike River from Dawson. A female mate was taken at the same time, but died from a broken leg. This moose was brought from the interior by Mr. Hyde and taken to Seattle, but brought back here December 20th. That moose traveled more than many people. Moose traveled more than... Jesus! That moose has been in the paper more than I have. That's a whole (laughs) ass article! Like a whole... What was that Charles Dickens writer doing? Like you said, that was just... One word will do? No, let's find ten. Yeah. I love Carnation, though. Everybody loves Carnation. Carnation is in the newspaper more often than probably the mayor. Because Well, was the the mayor a moose or cat? (laughs) Good point. He was neither. He was just some dumb guy that this reporter probably would have read to filth given half the chance. Dime a dozen. Dime a dozen is right. Carnation's back in the newspaper on April 19th, 1900. And this is where Carnation is on stage. Yes. The headline reads, A Better Rehearsal. And the article starts out, like, kind of kind of sad sack, kind of gloomy. It says, 
The rehearsal of the Elks Minstrel Specialty and Quartet Aggregation yesterday afternoon begun Catchy. in a, <laughs> <was> a mouthful. <laughs> begun in a somewhat gloomy manner. But then the article talks about how uh, the appearance of a man in a dress made laughter burst forth like a sunflower. <laughs> that was it, the whole act. Huh? It, it, that was a, yeah, yeah, I guess that was all it took. And then shit got better. So here's where Carnation comes in. <laughs> the article says Ben Moore's moose was given a good part and Keeler lent him a big pair of elk horns until his grows in. He is to ride a bicycle. Sorry? Excuse me? <laughs> Baking powder? Do they mean the moose or key? Yeah. Or what? Clarify the referent in the preceding sentence. Who's riding a bicycle here? Because yep. if it's the moose, say more about that. Say more. Say more words. My favorite part in that article was hisn, H-I-S apostrophe yeah, all, N. All, all of a sudden, we're just going to lapse into dialect. <laughs> yep. Just real quick. Apparently, he was supposed to ride a bicycle. Yep. Yep. I couldn't find a review of the show put, a, put on by the Elks Ministerial Specialty and Quartet aggregation, unfortunately. So I don't know how it went, but it sounds like the rehearsal, at least, was pretty promising. I swear to God, I've never heard a story about vaudeville that didn't make me go, that's why vaudeville died. (laughs) (laughs) And I come here today to dunk on vaudeville. You do? Because, man, like, I will sit down for, like, I love when, I don't know, Milton Berle was on the original Muppet show, and he was from vaudeville and did a routine with Fozzie Bear where they, like, acknowledge some of the old bits and the gags, but that's somebody who's, like, at the peak of his career resurrecting the very best. Now, if you want to see not the very best, they actually, in the early days of movies, tried to film some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And you watch it, and, like, I swear there was one act where the guy is playing the piano and just mishaps occur. So, like, he knocks over water, or he opens the bench and a cat jumps out. And this goes on for a solid eight minutes, and you're like, yeah. That must have had him fucking rolling in the aisles. It's like somebody lets Seth MacFarlane yes. write a play, and it's just this bit has gone on forever, and yeah. it was funny, and then it wasn't, and it was funny again. But you've lost my interest entirely, yeah. Seth. Yeah, Quit it's it. gonna go on so long. Not only will it not be funny, you'll lose the goodwill you had from earlier when I first enjoyed it. You're going back and changing my opinion of this while it's happening. Yes. Yes, you are retroactively making making me hate something I loved, but moments before. So, (laughs) wow, that was the hot nightlife, huh? You could go to Vaudeville, you could see a man in a dress. Yep. You could see a moose. Yep. Do question mark. Question mark. And someone, possibly the moose, rides a bicycle. Yeah. And really, the the spectrum is so wide on this. Either it's a moose that rode a bicycle, which (laughs) just in sheer terms of physical... Alignment. I don't even know how that could happen, which is the wildest shit that ever happened. Or it's a dude who rode a bicycle on a stage, in which case your standards for entertainment are really sad. There was a moose. 
house wearing elk antlers on its head on stage while the bicycling was happening, Liz. <laughs> yeah, that the routine elevates was, it. was all the same routine. That <laughs> elevates it. <laughs> I've been to better summer camp productions. <laughs> you have been to better kindergarten plays. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, the moose wasn't that cool to look at, but at least it was there for 15 minutes. <laughs> it's like the saddest petting zoo. There's one of them and you can't touch it. Yep. They duct tape somebody else's bones to it. Oh, my God. Oh, friend. OK, well, keep that keep that angry energy up because the next newspaper article carnation appears and people are people are a little hot. They're a little mad. <gasps> It's the Daily Alaskan back at you, May 5th, 1900. And it says, <clears throat> Ben Moore's pet moose is in disfavor with its owner. My <gasps> no. They're on the outs. Needs new management. <laughs> you know, those relationships, those familial relationships where they manage, it never works out. You really yeah, always have to hire outside. Yeah, he was the momager. Yeah, this was Kate Goslin. How dare. Okay. On Thursday evening, one of the army mules was taking a roll in the sand just after its supper when he espied the muse. He was immediately seized with a passion of jealousy at seeing a creature so many points superior to himself in the champion class for ugliness and with a yell of rage started after that moose. This has got to be the same guy that wow. hated mules. This has got to be the same guy. <laughs> the moose loped over the railroad track and back again the mule yelling after him he went into his own yard but the government mule had the audacity to follow him and the moose on the first opportunity shot out again and toward the car shops closely followed by the screaming mule Back came the frightened denizen of the mountain forest to his corral where the government mule tried to bit a piece out of him or at least to bit a mark on his anatomy to kick at. And the mule had wheeled suddenly round to kick the expected spot, as is the nature of army mules, when Ben Moore came to the rescue of his pet. The mule was driven back. (gasps) However, that wasn't the end of the mules making everybody downtown, I guess, either like delighted or pissed off because wait that was the whole story there you go that was it uh, but it goes on. on the outs uh, well he's on the outs his, his owner's mad at him because listen to this later dogs were worrying ben moore's pet moose at skagway one day last week when its owner threw a rock at its tormentors the rock missed something like six or eight dogs but broke a 50 dollar plate <laughs> glass window <laughs> Sorry, I know what it's saying is there were six or eight dogs and it didn't hit anything, but I just imagined it like Matrix bullet dodging (laughs) six different ways to not hit any dogs and then go hit the only piece of glass in Alaska. (laughs) The only one. Well, and if so, I've cobbled together two articles. This apparently happened in the same day downtown, but I wanted more, more, um, you know, First more person, more. more, more. I wanted more, more. I always want more, more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he Ben's pissed off because first of all, the moose, you know, led an army mule, a government mule on a merry chase, and then was tormented by dogs such that 
bend himself through a rock. Apparently, it ricocheted off a car tire and then smashed into the plate glass window. And then Ben is pissed because he's got to pay for the window. You know, Ben, this is just this is really 2020 hindsight here, but maybe leave the moose at home when you go (laughs) running errands. Well, Liz, how funny you say that, because we're about to leave Carnation to a sad end and then talk about our final moose who refused to be left at home. Outstanding. I'm sad to say that Carnation's story ends in September 1900 when the press reports that Carnation has died. And they say that he has died from eating an excess of clover with gluttony being the official cause of death. They just went full 1500s there. That's like something a king, like one of the kings in England whose names you don't know, died of. And they're oh. like, ah, yes, that was Alfred. And he died of eating too much clover. And you're like, really? Well, I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. I but think I, that's what you think happened for I, sure. I believe it. I think at the time you were trying to be as factual as possible. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just, poor, I'm left with questions. <laughs> poor, poor carnation. Poor carnation. Gluttony. But what a way to go. What a way. I mean, it's how I'm going to go, I'm sure. Too much clover. <laughs> Willy-nilly, too much okra. <laughs> the final moose that I have to tell you about is one that lived in Fairbanks, 1913. So this is, is still rough and ready in Alaska, but things are becoming much more civilized. We're starting to get ordinances in America saying you can't just own whatever fucking animal you want to have. I was making a mental note as you were like, the final moose. And I'm like, note to self, follow up on legality status. I did. It's not anything to do with this trend. I know. I made sure to do that. I've got a link if you want me to tell you all the animals that are legal to own in Alaska, because there's more than you would expect. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's Alaska. So. It's Alaska, right? So, and even more than I expected, I guess the specificity of certain things was surprising to me. But I'll tell you about one of the last probably domesticated mooses. And I, I'm using the word domesticated. It's not domesticated in the way a dog is domesticated over millennia and generations. Mm-hmm. It's the taming of a wild animal Typically by grabbing it when it's a baby and making it imprint on you. So it's definitely like Stockholm Syndrome domestication, as far as I can tell. Yeah, it's a domesticated individual, not a domesticated species. Oh, there you go. That sounds smart. Go with that. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking about. You I do go. know what you do. Yeah, you <laughs> biologist. This is 1913, and there is a bartender named... Pete Buckholtz and (laughs) (laughs) cool it. Pete. His name sounds like Pete Buttholes. (laughs) Explain it again. It sounds Devin. Buckholtz. The buck part sounds like butt. The holtz part sounds like holes. You're a buckholtz. You're a buckholtz. You're such a buckholtz. Oh my god. So he got this moose, right? He got the calf, as they all did, from hunters who shot the mother and then were like, oh, a baby, I bet I can sell that for a buck. So Pete did what the predecessors of, you know, moose owners did. And so he broke it to a harness and was able to hitch it to a buggy and a sled and have this moose, you know, drag his dumb ass downtown. 
I think people got baby moose because they were cute, yeah. and then they get to a point where they're like, well, Jesus, I gotta justify having this thing around still. And they're like, I, I guess yeah. it can pull a cart. I can't think of anything else a moose can do. What else is it gonna do? I can't milk it. I can't, mm-hmm. I, I don't really want to ride it because it's mm-hmm. huge. How am I gonna get up there? So they, yeah, yeah, and they look so knobbly, too. It'd be they like do. just a sack of coat hangers. Yeah, right? I'm like, can you really support my weight? Can you really have 190 angry girl pounds up there and still walk? I don't know, dude. There's no, like, flat surface. It's just no. a bunch of planes. No. Angles. With a sway back. I also don't understand how we ever decided to sit on the one-humped camel. I That <laughs> baffles me, but that, anyway. It's built the opposite of what would make sense. It's the opposite of what, right? What the hell? Why do you remember, I... did this happen to you too in school that they drilled really hard on being able to tell apart Bactrian Campbells from dromedaries? Yes. Has that ever yes. fucking come up? No, well, just now when I was like, what the fuck do they call a non-dromedary camel? And thank God you knew Bactrian. So that's just, I learned that more than once. And partly I think that might be because I moved in the middle of school, but also, um. dang, I, I, I've never needed to know that. <laughs> Just not That's even once. Incredibly, not even like on Jeopardy. Incredibly ethnocentric of you. What if you lived somewhere? There are people who live near camels, Liz, and they absolutely, it could be life or death if they yeah. can't tell them apart. So it maybe, don't fucking come up in my life is maybe, what I'm saying. Maybe you just need to learn some shit that other people need to know and just be grateful that your mind was expanded. How about they learn what they need to know and I learn what I need to know? <laughs> Such as how the Electoral College works. The problem is... That would have been handy. You think you know everything. And you think you know more than all those people know. And you can't know more than they know if you don't know what a Bactrian camel is. But I do. <laughs> Case closed. You got me there. That's Case closed. <laughs> let's, let's move on to Pete Butthole. Ooh. I'm probably saying it wrong too. Don't email us. This is just me giving Devin a hard time. Bactrian sounds like a like a medicated throat spray. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So uh Pete Butthole and his harmonist moose. Where are we in my notes? Okay. So Pete's got this I almost said camel. That's not what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Things take a twist. It's a secret moose disguised as a camel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell in you plain why. sight it was in the news it's like a fucking BuzzFeed article what it really was will shock you uh, so Pete's got this moose and he got it when it was a baby and the baby imprinted on him and the baby loves being with Pete and the baby has decided that where Pete goes baby needs to go so the problem with that is that Pete Butthole is a bartender and the moose followed him everywhere, including into the saloon. Whoops. Pete had been asked by the city to keep the moose out of the bar, but he refused. He was like, it's my bar. There's no law. This is I can't have my moose in my bar. Go fuck yourselves. Moose goes where I go. And for whatever reason, I can't really figure this out, but apparently the city didn't have the ability or the authority to ban moose from being in saloons. 
He just said, there's no law, and the politician said, shit, you're right. They said He's shit. Got his, it's the, it's the airbud. <laughs> he got this moose in under the airbud. There's no rule that you're says right. a dog can't play basketball. <clears throat> you're right. It's a technicality. We're following the letter of the law, not the intent yeah. of it. Um, <laughs> no, the politicians, instead of doing the logical thing, which would be to ban moose from goddamn bars, they said, oh, what we can do is pass an ordinance that prohibits moose from being on city sidewalks. And since you had to cross a city <sighs> sidewalk to get into the bar, the moose was effectively banned from the bar. That's, uh, you know, that actually doesn't shock me. And I won't do my whole Commerce Clause rant, but <laughs> the Constitution is very, very uh, short. And doesn't clarify a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And one thing that Congress explicitly does have the ability to do is to regulate interstate commerce. Devin, oh. you would be amazed at what counts as interstate commerce. Oh. It's literally pretty much everything. Really? So it didn't used to be. But once they were like, uh, this is commerce. And that means it's our thing. And we can do it now. So apparently that was their approach. They're like, well, I'm not apparently in charge of that guy's bar, but you know what? I am in charge of sidewalks. <laughs> sidewalks. Interesting. That's like DOT just having, a, I mean, that's the commerce travel thing. Like, we've got a fascinating amount of power here. Let's use yeah. it. Yeah. I Marvelous. have a lever. <laughs> I do. I do. So there you go, Liz. Those are the three... Probably most famous moose of Alaska. I guess four, since Bill and Helen yeah. are two separate moose. But the three most famous moose stories that I could find with factual newspaper evidence to back up and bring you to tell you my story of moose and men. Do we know what the name was of the moose that liked to go to the bar? No, which is a travesty. I'm so sorry. His name was Travis. There you Obviously. Go. Clearly. Yep. Clearly. Okay. That's, this is all very good. This is all just very good, Devin. It's very good. I know. It's great. It's great. Would you, would you like to know some other animals that are allowed in Alaska as pets? Yes. Okay. This is where I told you, it, I'm, I, it, I'm weirded out by how specific. I mean, like, you can have alpaca. Great. Most places can. You can have, it says ass, which made me giggle because it's on a website <laughs> for the government. You government can, ass. <laughs> they say specifically camel one humped. <laughs> I know. Oh. Um, <laughs> wow. Your notes are doing the callback jokes now. They are. Are they not? You can have an elk, except for feral and wild elk. Oh, that's a dicey proposition. Who's going to define and decide that? Uh, not me. I'm not getting near either. You can also have reindeer except feral reindeer. Again, not fucking with that. But they get really fucking specific, especially with rodents. You can have a hamster, only a golden one. You can have a hedgehog, only the African pygmy variety. You can have a rat. Only white rats. You can have a rabbit. Only European rabbits. Here's my favorite. Are the types of mice you can own as a pet? Yes. White. Waltzing. Singer. Waltzing? Shaker. 
and piebald. Yup, don't know what the fuck a waltzing or a singing mice is, but you can own them. They can go to vaudeville. They can they go to vaudeville. Act. They're already halfway there. They've got the singing and the dancing. They just need the moose to ride the bicycle. Yeah. There you go. Wow. It is phenomenally specific to me, the animals you can own in Alaska. I feel like a lot of this was determined in case law. That feels a lot more like case law than some legislator sitting down someday. Oh, yeah. There's one incredibly persistent person who was like, there's no law that says I can't have this or (laughs) a law that says I can. And they they went to work on it. Yeah. Okay. So with a caveat that most exotic animals should be left where they are and they're not meant to be pets, da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. In a scenario where money was no object and space was no object, if somebody told you, hey, tomorrow I'm going to deliver an exotic animal pet of your choice, what would you want it to be? Gut reaction. Do I have the guarantee that it's not going to kill me? Um, Or no? No. (laughs) Okay, but, but money is no object and space is no object. Yeah, I'd so have if you a pack pick of tiger. Like, I no. can't say the tiger won't kill you, but we'll say that you've got the best enclosure, admitting okay. that it's not as good as being in the wild, right? But, like, yeah. the best that money could buy for this creature as a pet, which I'd it ha- shouldn't be. I'd have a pack of wolves. A pack of wolves? Yeah. Wow. I get them all. You get them at Costco. No, <laughs> no, they're social creatures they need their pack they would be sad with just me but if i get them a pack and i've got all the space i just make a big wildlife enclosure so they're still living in the wild but i get Mm. to hear them talk all the time that's all i want yeah maybe you can kind of you know you get to see them sometimes maybe oh like with your binoculars oh they would be my best friends i mean i would i would do that guy in alaska in the 1980s movie that i can never mow it thank you I would do that. And he ended up being best friends with them. So that's what I would do. I love that book. I read that book so many times. It fell apart. Never mm. cry wolf. No. I thought I would read it now and be hella problematic. Probably. But, but I remember loving the movie. I never read the mm-hmm. I never read the book. I should. Oh, no, I did read the book. I did read the book. I now I that I think it about you. it. Yeah, you did. Didn't yeah. you? Yeah. We were into wolves, man. Oh, fuck, we were. The shirts and everything, man. I'm still into wolves. They're just cool. And so that's cool. That's the only animal I can. Because, like, I don't want a tiger or a jaguar or a lion or whatever if you're going to eat me. I don't. What am I going to do with a blue whale? You know? So I'm going to go with wolves. (sighs) What would you do? Oh, well, now that you've said blue whale, if I could have, like, the tank of the Georgia Aquarium with my whale sharks in it. Hey, if you can have an enclosure. For your entire ass wolves, why can't I have one for my whale sharks? Because I thought you were going to say great white sharks. You can have whale sharks. They're fine. I I love whale sharks. Literally, Lydia ran out while I was gardening and said, your favorite animal is going to be on TV. And she had paused Netflix because they were going to talk about whale sharks. (laughs) That is your kid. What a good girl. Everybody's got to have their favorite shark. Very important. It's like one of the things she needs to know about you is what's your favorite shark. Yeah. If not that, here's what I would love now okay. that I'm in that mode. Baby stingrays. I would get oh, a touch tank. And I would pet them. The little raviolis. Every time, every time I have the chance to pet a stingray, I take it. I do. Every yep. time. I love yep. them. They're so goofy. Aren't they? They're so... Well, it's not like other 
I mean, there's a lot of animals, including ones I've had as pets, where I'm like, I don't really feel like you're getting a lot out of this. <laughs> you're getting kind of like a... I mean, like, I'm, I feel like I'm your hotel manager. Like, you don't feel <laughs> bad toward me. You just have, like, it's not like a family thing are with you a talking cat about, or a dog. Are you talking about Griffy in particular? Yes, but also <laughs> fish. Yeah. Also mice and hamsters and little rodents like that, where they're like, I don't know what you are. Just sometimes your giant-ass hand comes down yeah. and I have to sit there for a while and yeah. then I get a carrot. Like, there, there's yeah. nothing to that for sure but no the baby stingrays like they oh ugh. my god you're right that would be amazing yeah. you know what i really want and i would never do because apparently it's bad for the fish where you can get the pedicure where the fish nibble mm-hmm. all the dead fit but i hear that you know dead skin surprise surprise has no nutrients and so the fish basically fill up on popcorn and then they die from nutrient deficiency also oh, i don't think sad. we should subjugate animals to to eat our feet skin that sounds awful Devin. But I would love I think to have that's a- only f- it's reverse. It's fair play. <laughs> it is fair play. I eat a lot we eat them of all the fish. Time. Yeah. But I mean, I, I yeah. want a bunch of little tiny fish squirbling all over me. I think that sounds marvelous. Like the See, little that baby stingrays. Because I'd, I'd be afraid if I stood up, I might squish one or well, hurt yeah. one or something. Yeah. But this, the rays when they're big and like cow nose rays, I'm trying to think eagle rays. I love them all. I love my sea pancakes, my flat sharks. I, yeah. They're my favorites, and when they are babies, I will seriously just... Ooh, there's a place in North Carolina that's a science center where we go, where they've got a touch tank like that, and I mm-hmm. will go, like, four times yep. while we're there, and then just go sit patiently and wait while they take their little break so I can go again. So you can and then do, they have oh, the, the Blue Zoo at Northtown where you actually can feed them. So, like, you can give them money, and they'll give you, like, a, <laughs> a muscle or a clam or something. I was thinking you, you give them money, Devin. <laughs> like they're strippers. They're the little, the yeah. little pole dancers of the sea. You make it rain on a cow's ray. <laughs> and he shakes his little spots for you. He shakes them. No, but like, because they know you sometimes have food, those are the most aggressive rays I have really? ever seen. Okay. Rays and skates that like, I, on my honeymoon was the first time I ever got to pet them and pet <laughs> rays. And they what, were so cute. What does Matt have going on for him? <laughs> He takes me to aquariums. Yeah, there you go. All right. He knows. He knows what I like. Mm-hmm. He knows what I like. He knows and what, what I you like, like is aquariums. <laughs> I am always down to go to an aquarium. Oh man! I am always down to clownfish. Fish. I was and, gonna say that. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I didn't know they were like that, but they see people. They want to interact, and I was like, "Are they hungry?" And they're like, "No, they're just kind of showing off. They're just being social. Like they're." They're exciting and they jump out of the water a little bit. That's amazing. Which make me anxious yeah. with fish because of my whole thing about that. But yeah. in this case, they're just having a good time and they love playing. And I don't know. I, yeah. I'm probably over personifying nope. them. But watching Lid stick her little hand in the water and this like four foot wide thing coming up just going. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a clam? <laughs> like they've got their dumb underneath mouths and their eyes on top and they're so soft to touch oh they feel so weird don't they they? good yeah yeah Yeah, they're like slimy but not Mm -hmm. they're very special Mm -hmm. and i would love to have a tank for some reason i'm envisioning this as like iron man's house i don't know why that's fine but i would just like come down the stairs in the morning and i would feed my stingrays and pet them 
Oh, you would, they would be downstairs in the morning. So you wouldn't like live on top of a giant aquarium that also had walls that were aquariums. So the stingrays and also the ceiling is an aquarium so that the stingrays. Yeah, I'm under it, can, Devin. Like, they can, they can you, like. What you said makes no sense. Float all around. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Like, it's all glass. Everything is glass. All the walls are glass and all the space between the walls is water. And so you are living in a little human air bubble in your bedroom, and then they can swim all around you all night long. See, I think that would make me feel unprotected. I think some part of my monkey brain wouldn't be able to handle that. It'd be like, we're surrounded by emptiness. Or, no. <laughs> or if I just had, like, a little skylight, you know? All right. All right. That's yep. fine. Okay. So Got it all figured out. So not a moose, though. Not, not a interested moose. in a moose. Wouldn't pick not, a like, moose. like, what if a horse, but worse? Oh, what God. if something with all the problems of a horse, but it can't do any of the horse things, and you have to, like, custom get everything? So you want a toddler. All the problems of a horse. They're finicky. <laughs> they're fussy. They try to die. They only they fall eat down certain things. The they fall down certain things. When you try to cinch a saddle on a horse, a horse mm -hmm. will puff up its fucking chest so that you cinch the saddle as tight as it can go. And then once you get on, the saddle's loose because it's sucked in its breath. They Fuck. lick your hair. Horses. Oh, they I love steal that your food. That's funny. They poop all the time. That I don't enjoy. Much like I a like toddler. I like the story. It's I like good. the story a lot. Thanks for letting me tell you about the largest member of the deer species and my new creature to try and tame. A I can't moose. believe you keep finding wilder animal stories. Like oh, Liz. Liz, let me set you up, shall I? For the wild uh -huh. animal story I'll bring you next. <gasps> yeah, let me, I'm going to tease you with the next even wilder animal story that I'm going to bri bring you. The Trans-Alaskan Gopher Company. <gasps> they ran a business? They ran a business, Liz. These, this is the Trans-Alaskan Gopher Company, trained specifically to... Company. A whole... <laughs> that one took a minute to hit you, didn't it? It did. I was too busy trying to be clever myself instead of listening to your hilarity. I do the same thing. Sometimes I listen back when I'm editing and I'm like, wow, I just completely did not acknowledge how hilarious what. But, you know, your brain is in an overclocked mode. Oh, my goodness. To tell the story and keep an eye on the audio and yep. keep your face at the mic and it's a yep. lot it's not quite like just taping a conversation no. but yeah no it's gophers a eh? i'm i'm excited i hope you are i hope you are so thanks again to mark for bringing me this story and i can't wait to tell you about the next weird fucking thing alaska brings us that's outstanding mm -hmm. Folks, we would love for you to join us on social media to continue the conversation. Facebook is really where it's at, but you'll also find us lurking around Twitter and I Instagram. I thought you just got put in Facebook jail for showing titties again. No one told me I was in jail. I okay. said I was probably going to get put in jail for showing titties again. Um, but I was really bringing people an important message about the Rona, about mm -hmm. big Rona. So I think Facebook should lighten up just because my yeah. diagram involved titties doesn't mean yeah. i should be put in facebook jail we're fine it's fine the account hasn't been banned it's cool so come find us if you can't find us on facebook you know why it's because i posted titties 
Find us on Instagram and Twitter instead. You can't. Wow, that was like a PG episode. People could have let their kids listen to that episode until that whole diatribe. Well, I mean, except for all the cursing. People let their kids listen to curse words, Liz. They're not. <laughs> they're not parents in the 50s. But you're right. <laughs> um, folks, we hope you join us at OuijaBroads.com for show notes, for maps, for links to our Etsy, which I have been told by very many of you to get off my ass and get that up and running again. So, okay. Yes, wench. Point taken. I will start selling shit. If you want to give me your money, mama will take it from you. Speaking of, go over to Patreon and slip your girl a buck or two. That would be marvelous. But more than anything, we just want you to come hang out with us. We want you to Mm -hmm. join us on social media and talk to us because that's fun as hell. And if you want to support us but don't have the money, find us on iTunes. Find us on Spotify. Find us on Podbean. Find us on Facebook and give us a rate or review so that we can be found by more people. Maybe we'll be found by the sugar daddies of our dreams this way. Ooh, wow. Devin's got big plans for us this year. I am. <sighs> We're going to make it. What months does it feel like to you? I don't. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like Frodo. I do not remember the taste of strawberries. <laughs> like, like March? Like a light yeah. March? Yeah. <laughs> March-ish. March-ish. They're about. Like a late February. I Seriously, I took down the school calendar because it was pinned to the wall, and I'm like, that shit's still on February. Yep. <laughs> no need for it. No need. I cannot believe it. Well, I feel so awful. I wrote my husband a birthday card the other day and was like, happy 37th birthday, baby. And he's like, I'm 36. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your age. (laughs) I was like, wow. I even did math in that card to be like, we've spent nine birthdays together. We got together on our 27th birthdays. (laughs) Oh, that's where you went wrong. There you go. (laughs) It got to me. It got to me. Overthought it. Overthought it for sure. So. It's May. Join us on all of the places this lovely May. And oh, ran out of words, ran out of steam. Take us home there, Blodgett. Oh, it's on me now? Yep. I just hope everybody's doing okay. I know it's wild. I hope you liked hearing about the moose. And I hope that you're hanging in and taking care of yourself and being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I like you and I want you to be nice to my friend. That's the rule. Yo, that is some of the realest advice Liz has ever given me is you're my friend and I want you to be nice to my friend. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to find out what happens to people who aren't nice to my friends. No, she is scary. (laughs) Don't laugh like that. That's so creepy. (laughs) I can only get so aroused. What? We, we're, we're trying to end an episode. We're, we're not doing a no, good job. We're doing terribly at this. My hit goodness. The wall. Yep. Yep. All right, friends, you know what we want you to do, and that is to live so very fucking weird. <laughs> you can die weird. And stay weird, friends. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.